0: Welcome to Bridgeway, everybody, and welcome to our summer series, Lord, I believe I'm supposed to share this with our congregation and with the world. What is the this? The this is whatever God has spoken to the clergy at Bridgeway Community Church. This experiment gives us an opportunity, not only for you to hear from me and allow me to facilitate the wonderful people's comments regarding our clergy and the word of God and how that intersects, but it's an opportunity for you to see the unity among us as clergy at Bridgeway Community Church. And you get to hear the word of God through so many different voice boxes. And I can't wait for you to hear the word of God coming through God's servants in just a few minutes. I am going to open in a word of prayer shortly as well, but let me highlight a couple of things I think you'll be interested in. If you don't already know, uh, last Wednesday, we started something called the Gracism Roundtables. This is for you, Bridgeway. If you want to join in and have conversation, learn from different panels on how we can be gracists and how we can build bridges of reconciliation, racial healing, social justice, biblical justice. Then you're not too late. Now you missed the first one, but there are going to be five of these meetings on Wednesday nights. You can get more information by going to our website and clicking on to the events page and you can see for the next four Wednesday nights how you can how you can join the conversation. It's going to be a different panel uh, of people each time and a minister David Heiliger and. And Frank Eastham, our COO and other people have put this together so we can have conversation to try to figure out how we can comprehend everything that's going on in our own hearts, our own mind and in our world. But guess what? There's also an opportunity for you to join some leaders of the nation. In fact, uh, I'm going to start on July 12th at 5 p.m. It's a Sunday night. I'm going to have a. A racial healing forum on Zoom with some national leaders. I've invited uh, Ann Graham Lotz and Reverend Dr. Barbara Williams Skinner, and our friend who is a current friend, but formerly he was the uh, Grand Dragon of the KKK for the state of Indiana. He's going to be with us as well. Uh, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, the head of uh, the National Christian uh, Hispanic Leadership Association, I butchered the name, but bottom line is he runs uh, and oversees uh, the largest of Hispanic ministries all throughout the world. He's going to be with us. I texted my friends and I said, I I need you to be on this. Would you join and would you answer some questions about race and social justice? I want to talk about racial healing. I want you to pray for our country. Well, if you want to join that, we'll give you more information, but it's going to happen Sunday night at 5 p.m., July the 12th. Make sure you're there with people from all around the world. Now I'm going to open in just a word of prayer, and we're going to ask God to be with us over the next few minutes. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the power of your word, that when it is dropped into the soil, it will accomplish everything that you purpose for it to do. Be with those that are going to speak with us and teach us today. Be with our conversation as we connect one with another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, you know, the scripture says that when the word is spoken, it will not return back to God empty. It also says that like the rain that falls on the ground or the snow that falls on the ground, it does what it's purpose to do. But when you read the passage, the next time you turn to Isaiah 55, guess what you're going to find out? If you keep reading, it talks about how the trees begin to clap in praise to God like a song. You see, when a seed is sent, it is sent for a purpose. And it may take time for that seed to become a tree, but the ultimate end of all things is that God would be praised. So when he sends his word, it's got to work its way through the soil. It's got to work its way through time. It's got to work its way through space. But I'll guarantee you this, when that word comes into season, it will produce a tree that will ultimately give God all the praise. Well, I'm praying today that the words that are about to come to you would be seeds in good soil that will touch your hearts and your minds. And we're going to start with Pastor Sandy Hope Pastor Sandy Pope is not only a new pastor at this church But she's been ministering here for over a dozen years and she's about to bring you the word of God So let's give it up for Pastor Sandy Pope. Yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> Greetings everyone and thank you Pastor David for this opportunity to share a word with Bridgeway today I'm excited about what God has given me to share Um, It's a hard word word to share, but um, I believe that this is what God has placed on my heart. Snake oil salesmen. Are you familiar with the term? It's a euphemism for deceptive marketing or fraudulent medicine practices. But this term actually originates from a real person, a person named Clark Stanley, who in 1879 said that he had uh, was able to harness the secrets for concocting snake oil for medicinal purposes and so he manufactured this snake oil liniment which he sold to many many people and he made a lot of money until it was found out that his liniment contained zero amounts of snake oil do you know what it contained it contained mineral oil beef fat turpentine and pepper. So I'm gonna be coming to you from the book of Jude today because it talks about a type of snake oil salesman. It actually talks about false teachers. And this tiny book of Jude, which is just one chapter right before the book of Revelation, is a potent book. It's a rallying cry for believers in Jesus Christ to be very spiritually alert and very spiritually discerning, because false teachers have come in their ranks, unaware, unnoticed, cloaked in deception. And so the title of my tiny message today is called Sit Up and Pay Attention. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of Jude with you and throughout the message, but I want to hone in on verses 17 through 21. And this is what the word of the Lord says. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who will follow mere natural instincts, and they do not have the Spirit. They do not have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. But you, dear friends, by building up yourselves, uh, most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. In other words, what Jude is saying is, sit up and pay attention. These false teachers that the Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles warned about through the word of God have been and still are in existence to this very day. But in these last days, they are working an overdrive. And verse four says their deceptive purpose is to pervert the grace of our God and deny the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it goes on further to say that they are shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain. They are blown along by the wind. Autumn trees without fruit, uprooted twice. And here's what these false teachers do. They infiltrate the weakened structures in the body of Christ. They influence and deceive believers who don't rely on the Word of God for themselves. They bring devastation to individual believers and to the entire body of Christ. Do you know why? Because they're never called out for their false teaching and as a result their teaching proliferates into the weakened vessels of the church. They cause division. Verse 19 said, These are people who divide you who follow mere natural instincts. They do not have the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them because the Holy Spirit unites us as a body, but they divide. You know, we are living in a time where the church is so divided. And it's so heartbreaking, because we should be coming together in the spirit of unity. Yes, standing up for the issues of social justice that are impacting the church and the world, but we are the example of unity that Jesus prayed about in John chapter 17. But church, I need to tell you something. Jesus did not come into the world to preserve worldly structures. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And he said that if he is lifted up, that he would draw all people unto him. So what's the difference between a true teacher of the gospel and a false teacher? Sit up and pay attention because I'm going to tell you the difference. A true teacher of the gospel is called A false teacher is self-centered and self-appointed. A true teacher of the gospel will point you to Jesus, but a false teacher does not want you to be like Jesus because they wanna be your Jesus, and they want every aspect of your life to be lived vicariously through them. And if you don't know what the scriptures say about who Jesus is and what it means to be saved and about the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that lives on the inside of each and every believer in Jesus Christ, you will be led astray by their false doctrine. So sit up and pay attention, church, because they have laid the bait and it's strategically placed throughout. And the bait is this, it's truth mingled with heresy, with false teaching, denying the very essential doctrines for foundation uh, for salvation. Their bait gives people the license to sin. They exploit their followers financially and promise health, wealth, and prosperity. Jesus said that he came that we might have life more abundantly, but he never said you would have a big house on a hill, or a luxury vehicle, or a million dollar bank account. That life more abundantly is the eternal life through Jesus Christ. And these people control their followers with fears and misgivings and demonizing the source of truth. And so here's how you recognize these false teachers. Jesus called them wolves in sheep's clothing. And from the outside, everything may appear normal. But Jesus also said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, And if you know what's on the inside of a person, if you watch their actions and what they say, you know what they're all about. So listen to what these people say about Jesus. Do they embrace the divinity and the humanity of Jesus Christ? Do they believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? What do they say about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do they preach that one must be born again? Or do they add and subtract to the message of the gospel? And what do they say about the scriptures? You know, verse eight in Jude says that these people constantly claim authority from their dreams and not from the word of God. So when anyone comes to you and says, hey, you know what, I got a new revelation about God and it's not found in the word of God. God has not sent that person. Listen to what they say. So sit up and pay attention. I'm gonna tell you how to protect yourself from false teachers. So verse 20 says this, and we read this earlier, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. So here is how you protect yourself from false teachers by doing one simple thing, knowing truth from error. The truth of God's word is rooted in God, but error is everything that disagrees with God. Second Timothy 2.15 says that we are to study and show ourselves approved and rightly handle the word of truth and know the source of truth. We are living in a time of misinformation where people think you can lose a blessing if you don't forward a message to 10 other people in Messenger. But listen, It's important to know the source of truth. It's important to know the scriptures to verify what someone is saying is true. Be like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17. Whenever Paul preached, they would go through the scriptures to make sure that what Paul was saying was true. So know your Bible. It's better than Snopes, that's for sure. Sit up and pay attention because that is the posture that will lead you to stand up and contend for the faith standing on godly conviction, standing on the foundations of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in closing, when you hear a word from someone, know if you're being offered snake oil or the authentic word of God. We as a body of believers need to be vigilant and sober-minded in our evangelism to the entire unbelieving world and our discipleship in our churches, because at the end of the day, doctrine matters, theology matters, and the gospel truth about the Lord Jesus Christ matters.
0: Amen, amen. <laughs> amen. Thank, you. Thank you.
1: Praise the Lord. Thank
0: you, Pastor Sandy. Does anybody have a response to what Pastor Sandy has spoken and taught today or a question, Pastor Gary?
2: First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you remind me of one of the reformers from the 1500s that helped to protect the church. And thank you for highlighting Christ and highlighting the Bible. Uh, I'm so impacted by those statements that grew out of the Reformation. Mm. That man is made right with God, by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, revealed by the Bible alone. Amen. So here at Bridgeway, we major on the majors, mm-hmm. uh, we minor on the miters, and you helped highlight some of the majors. So thank you. Thank really
1: you. Like and I think people should know how blessed they are to have such great pastors like you, you Gary, and others um, who, who preach the word of truth and stand on the word of truth. Amen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Amen.
0: any other thoughts?
1: I loved it, I loved it, and um, also, By the way, every time you said, sit up and pay attention, I saw everybody like, okay, (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Um, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, pastor. Um, I'm wondering though, like with that message, if there's somebody here or somebody watching that's saying, oh my goodness, I have somebody in my life that might fall under that category what do you think would be some tools that they can do maybe to get them out of that situation, that bad situation, or to empower them to, you know, stand up to that situation? Does that make sense? You know, that makes perfect sense. In fact, that situation inspired me to, um, to give this message because there, there is a person in my family who, um, has been in church, Bible-believing church, but now attends a church that denies the deity of Christ, which is a doctrine that is essential to salvation. And so I prayed for God to allow space and opportunity for me to have a conversation with that person about their belief system and how they arrived there. Um, but to have a conversation and peace, not back and forth where we're arguing, where they have their Bible open and I have mine open, and we're just, Uh, having this great debate, but to really listen how they arrived to that point Mm. in their life. Um, And as it turned out, that church that they're they're in met some need that uh, a Bible-believing church failed to meet. And Mm. so that's how they ended up in that situation. And so also just praying, Mm. um, praying for God uh, to open their eyes, um, that they will come to their senses and come to the truth. Right. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: How far do you go when you know you have somebody who is believing, uh, believing wrong because it's not in accordance with God's word? You know it, they don't know it, you love them. Uh, how far do you go in how you relate to them?
2: Well, I think a lot of it depends on how much relational currency you have in their life to begin with. So the more relational currency you have, the more um, aggressive you can be. Uh, in the process of teaching and asking questions as Sandy talked about. But I think many times people are too aggressive in the lives of people that they don't have relationship or currency with, and that's what turns them off. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be really discerning about what kind of relationship do I have with that person to start with? Yeah. I think also to be uh, uh, honest, to wait for the Holy Spirit as well. And God knows what's going on in a person's heart, and he's setting the stage, and we sensitive to when the holy spirit leads you or leads us to engage them then that'd be a time for him to uh work in their heart remember peter i think it was his flesh and blood did not reveal this by my spirit yeah so the spirit of god who doesn't save we're just the uh instrument he's a change agent so we wait and listen to him uh for his prompting yeah and the opportunity god yeah. sets the stage <laughs>
0: Pastor Sandy, thank you. First of all, you You did a a wonderful job in dropping that word for us. I'm going to ask a final question to us as a clergy team, then I'm going to invite up another uh, one of our clergy members. But how do we balance between uh, believing that we're the ones that have the truth and they're the ones that don't? You know what I'm saying? So because you're clergy, uh, because you're at Bridgeway, because you have been schooled in God's word, uh, you got the truth but somebody else schooled in a different tradition, religion or faith, they don't have the truth. How do we guard against being the ones that believe that we're the truth, uh, the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to Jesus except through us type thing? How do we guard against that while at the same time having a sense of, of confidence in God's word, but humility at the same time? Is that a thing for clergy? Is that a thing for us? Is that a thing for those who are watching? I think so. I think so. Um,
1: I think we need to be humble and remember that we're still learning. So some of the things I learned a long time ago, um, I I still adhere to, but I've received more information and more experience, and the Holy Spirit has shined the light and illuminated more on the Scriptures. So to acknowledge that I'm on a continuum of learning, you know what I mean? I think that's
0: good, Mitch. You know? I think that's good because you know, back in your day, in my day, probably in our moody days, there were certain things that we may have held on to that were taught to us as this is the truth. And then we would believe, yes, that is the truth. And then other people would cross our path and we'd be like, no, we know what the word of God says. Well, you know, many, many years ago, the word of God said that the mark of Cain was on black people. Right? The Word of God said that we were cursed. The Word of God said a lot of things in the Schofield Bible that now we'd look at it and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I know your life has changed over the years because you're in a multicultural ministry. I think as you get older, I think uh, Pastor Gary said it o- earlier, uh, you, you major on the majors and minor on the minors. But I think when you're younger in your faith or in learning the Word of God, I wonder if you major on the minors more. I think
2: everything's, everything's a major when you're younger. So all the minors are majors. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, how do you sort it all out? You know, what are the real tenets of the faiths? I recently heard somebody say, being wrong feels a lot like being right, right? And so when you think that you're right, you can feel the same way if you're completely wrong. Mm. So we have to really check ourselves when we feel so right,
3: because it could be, we just haven't realized yet that we're wrong. Yeah, and so it needs to put us in that posture of humility, yeah. right? Just to recognize the conversations that we have with people, uh, it matters their journey, our journey, and what's brought us to this point. Because who knows where we're going to where we're going to go next?
1: Absolutely. And I think if you um, if you want to share the truth with someone, it, it takes the time to invest on how they arrived at that point and understanding yeah. that, because that will give you a lot of information and understanding where they came to at that point of belief in mm. their life. So I think it's there, there is a very um, a, a, a human amount of patience that you have to place into conveying the truth with someone and understanding that even though they may be so sincere in their belief um and they may be sincerely wrong there's an emotional part of it that you have to take into consideration you have to show grace and you have to show humility to that person it's not about being right because truly only god is right Um, but it's about us as the holy spirit leads as pastor steve said conveying um what the word of god says So there
0: needs to be a sense of curiosity
1: Mm -hmm. of how you
0: got to this understanding Mm -hmm. or this position. Absolutely. There also needs to be a sense of confidence that we have uh, what we believe is truly what God is saying in the scriptures. But then there's also then this next area and that is an area of courage. Where you have to now step up and maybe say something. This is what the word of God says and not have this, uh, this is sort of the other extreme. Mm so sensitive walking on eggshells that now you can't say anything so this this mix between courage confidence and curiosity but we got to have the courage part too Mm -hmm. where we're not just always tiptoeing and somebody's going to teach us about that next oh and it's going to be another lovely lady at bridgeway community church one of our leading ladies minister tracy Tiernan, come on up, Tracy Tiernan. Been a part of Bridgeway for so many years in a wonderful relationship uh, with the truth and with the Word of God. Thank you for being here.
3: Thank you so much for the honor of uh, speaking to all of you today and the opportunity. Pastor Sandy, thank you for that word. My name is Tracy Tiernan. I want to talk to you about something that you probably all have a little experience with, the scale. You ever gotten on the scale in the morning and you really didn't want it to reflect your true weight. And so you tried to trick it a little bit and hold back the full force of what you had to offer. (laughs) You ever done like one of these? (laughs) You ever like taken off your earrings, your Fitbit, every bit of jewelry, everything that you have just so that you could trick the scale? Holding back. It's kind of how I feel like I've navigated my whole life. I call it walking on eggshells. Can you relate to that eggshells literally be careful what you say and do don't ever fully express the entirety of all that you are because the world can't handle it so you better just rein it in self-edit all the time eggshells have you been there here's the thing jesus never walked on eggshells. I look at his life, and I marvel at how he never seemed to care about what people thought about him. He wasn't trying to manage other people's opinions. He wasn't trying to be popular, and he sure wasn't trying to make anybody comfortable, right? In fact, a lot of what Jesus said and did made people very uncomfortable. But for me, boy, have I tried to make people comfortable. I had been walking on eggshells my whole life, And I wondered, why is that, that I feel like I have to walk around things and not upset anybody? And I wondered if first it's because I'm a woman. And I think a lot of women can relate to this, that we have grown in a culture where we need to manage other people's opinions of us, maybe in the workplace, you know, can't be too confident because they might think I'm, you know, one of those kinds of women. And so we rein it in, we hold it back. But even more than that, in this cancel culture that we're in right now, where you are expected to do and say the right thing all the time for your entire life, by the way. And that means that you better have gotten it right, because if at any time during the journey of life you have gotten it wrong, if you said something stupid or did something stupid, you, your platform, your relevance and your personhood is canceled in the eyes of the public. I mean, if that's really how it is right now, I think a lot of us feel that, how do any of us ever have the courage to say anything? Right? right? I think our culture right now is more aptly named eggshell culture. Now, I have been honored to have a platform to speak into the lives of people for nearly 18 years now. I host The Morning Show on 951 Shine FM in Baltimore. I love the ministry. I'm so honored to be a part. And I love to speak encouragement and hope and positivity into the lives of people. And that's not fluff. I mean, that comes right from the truth of the word of God, Right. But here's the thing, Um, because my role of being a positive encourager, that's the place that I'm comfortable, that doesn't mean that when hard things happen that I want to not engage, that I want to stick my head in the sand and pretend that everything's just great, praise the Lord. I do want to praise the Lord, but I don't want to have my head in the sand. I want to have my head up. Mm. I want to confront, I want to address, I want to engage. I'm not a Bible scholar, I'm not an academic. Most of the times I feel like Cinderella and I don't even know how I got to this ball. But here I am, you know, I'm doing it. I don't have an agenda. I don't want to be political. But what I want to do is to engage people and draw them to Jesus because I believe that he is the one who is able to meet us wherever we are. He can take the full expression of our weight. You don't have to self-edit with him. I wanna lovingly point people to him because he's the one that can change us, correct us, uh, transform us, help us to become who we were created to be in the first place. I love Jesus. Jesus was the first feminist. You know, he lifted up women Mm. in a world that did not value women. He was the first activist. Jesus challenged authority. He reached across gender and racial biases, and he invited everyone, the rich, the poor, all of y'all, come. He said, come. And Jesus, Dr. Anderson, was the first racist. Amen. (laughs) He pointed out the difference between following religious rules and having a heart that is really like his. Mm. Jesus didn't walk on eggshells. But I have, and I'm tired of it. Eggshells means that fear has somehow been dominating my life and not faith. We are afraid to think out loud, afraid to say how we really feel. Eggshells. You know, we're afraid that we're not informed enough to have an opinion, afraid that someone will try to debate us and we don't want to debate. We're afraid that it's not okay that we don't want to debate. We're intimidated by mean people who have all the stats on everything, all the followers on Twitter and they just can't wait to crush you like the bug that you are. (laughs) we aren't sure how to articulate this volcano of emotions and processing of all the events going on in the world that's rising up and we're afraid of who might get hurt when it comes spewing out what if I say it the wrong way what if I say the wrong thing and so instead of saying anything we give disclaimer after disclaimer so that no one could possibly be offended or misunderstand our heart I had a listener call me at the radio station who was upset that we were talking about racism and justice. And he said to me, and I quote, Christians should not be involved in that stuff. Stick to the gospel.
2: Mm.
3: My heart broke. I love and care about this listener as my brother in Christ, but I'm thinking, what do you think the gospel is? (laughs) You know, (laughs) what is love if it's not lived out? And what is love without justice and mercy? Since when is caring about people who are oppressed a political issue? I'm gonna say that again. Since when is caring about people a political issue? Isn't that the heart of why Jesus came? Because he cared about people. And so my listener said, well, I'm just gonna to have to stop listening to you then. And I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. And then he hung up on me. <laughs> and then I realized, wait a minute, I'm not sorry. I just had an eggshell moment. (laughs) Here's the, the crux of my message to you all today. We can't be so concerned that everyone likes us, that we're afraid of speaking what is true. It's a very subtle form, maybe not so subtle right now, of idolatry. It's lifting up the opinions of man above what God says, is real and what God says is true. Paul wrote these words in Galatians. I mean, this has been a struggle forever, right? He said, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Mm -hmm. Or if I'm trying to please people, then I would not be a servant of Christ. I'm a servant of Christ. I'm tired of walking on eggshells. I'm tired of trying to keep everybody happy. The truth, all truth is confrontational and it's gonna ruffle some people's feathers. And if ruffling feathers uh, right now, if I'm doing that right now, I'm not sorry.
1: <laughs>
3: I'm tired of, of this little dance. This is what we do, right? We say, I'm heartbroken over what happened to George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, but I appreciate law enforcement officers and all they do to serve us. We say things like, it's not okay to shoot an unarmed man, but. We don't understand all the things that officers are really facing. We say black lives matter, but so do all lives. We say the system isn't working to protect people of color, but it works pretty good most of the time, doesn't it? We say racism, racial profiling, prejudice still exist, but this is America and we all have opportunity to make something of ourselves, eggshells. Disclaimer after disclaimer after disclaimer, and I'm not saying that those things aren't even true. They're just not mutually exclusive, right? Can it be both and? Can I take a stand and suffer alongside of my brothers and sisters in this world that are crying out to be heard without people coming at me and saying, you don't care about police officers? Of course I do. This is ludicrous. Eggshells. Tired of walking on them. And so I'm going to start speaking out. This This is my promise to you. I'm going to start sharing more me as I'm probably the profile of Karen, right? Middle-aged white woman. But I assure you, I am not Karen. My name is Tracy. (laughs) I am woke. I love God and I love people and I just want all of (laughs) y'all to come to Jesus with all the stuff that you're thinking and processing. You don't have to walk on eggshells with him. He can take it. Eggshell culture leaves no room for learning and we need to learn. We need to grow. And when we're afraid of speaking up, we're also afraid of listening. And we need to be listening to the stories and experiences of the people around us. God has brought us here for a moment. And I believe he wants to transform us and change us and all of us together, we can cancel eggshell culture. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Minister Tracy, you know, I bet you're not the only one in the room that has to deal with the idea of uh, uh, always throwing disclaimers out, being more diplomatic. I know I've struggled with that. Yeah. I think it was until the Little Did I Know sermon that I was like, you know what, I, I really don't care what needs to be said, needs to be said, but you do pay a Price for that. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes, Pastor Mitch might say something uh, from the scriptures about, you know, Lord, I make a covenant with my mouth that I do not sin against you. Yeah, set a
2: guard over my mouth. Yeah. 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 So, So where's
0: that balance of, you know, being disciplined in what you say, and at the same time being direct because you know it's the truth. Right.
3: Right. Yeah. And I think for for some people, they might really resonate with where I've been, which is feeling like you always have to hold back. Uh-huh. Um, now that I'm saying it's unleashed, I'm not saying that it's okay to beat people up with your truth. You uh-huh. still do as the scripture says, and you speak the truth in gentleness and in love and yeah. not to beat people over the head. I want to love people into the kingdom of God, yeah. but I just am aware that I have been an, uh, an idolater. I have literally lifted up the opinions of all the people and trying to keep everybody happy and held back what I really yeah. wanted to say.
0: The approval of men. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Does being direct also do, deal with one's age? Like, Pastor Dan and I, when we were younger, used to talk about, when we get older, we're going to say whatever we want. <laughs> do you remember, <laughs> Pastor Dan? I? But, so I wonder, with age, too, do you just feel a sense of, it's okay for me to be more direct? I don't know. What do you think, Pastor Dan?
2: <laughs> well, again, I think it goes back to the comment I made about Sandy's. You have to earn the right to be able to be that direct. So, you know, I had sent you a text not too long ago that God had set up all the last 25 years of Bridgeway so we can now say what we need to say. Mm. And we have a community that trusts us so that when we are really direct with them, they're not offended by it, they'll listen to us. So again, relationship has a lot to do with communication Mm. and when people are able to take that kind of direct uh, information from you and be able to absorb it without being offended by it.
3: That's so good.
0: That's yeah, really good.
3: And you know, another little uh, trick that I will do, if I, it's a very tender thing when, as Pastor Sandy uh, shared, about relationship and family and how far do you go in sharing something, that is, how far do you go in sharing truth? Use the resources that you have available. You can let other people do the talking for you. You can lovingly share a video or a book or a teaching, and then we can have a conversation about it. And I love that. I love that, it, uh, you know, it feels very less confrontational and somebody really wants to engage, they'll, they'll take the time and then you can have conversation.
2: Yeah, so. And Tracy, I'd say the same thing to you. You spent 18 years building relationship with your listeners mm-hmm. yeah. and they trust you. Yeah, I and hope so. so <laughs> now you have this platform that you've built for 18 years to be able to speak truth, maybe more directly than you've ever ha- done before. But because of how you have interacted with them those whole 18 years, they're much more willing to receive it. I love, so thank I'll stay you. stay with
3: it. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. Well,
0: let's give Tracy a great big hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. My dear sister, love you so much. Thank you. Give you some elbow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you may be one of those situations as you're taking in uh, what Pastor Sandy said about false teachers and the truth of God's word. As you take in how do you speak God's word and your own truth without living on eggshells, and where that intersection is between uh, uh, curiosity, confidence, and courage, I pray that even as you think about this, it will point you toward Christ. So Jesus Christ is the one who gives us eternal life. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no no one can go to Father God except through him. That's what Jesus said. And so if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life to be your personal savior, if you've never invited him to cleanse you of your sins and to begin a brand new relationship with you where you can be direct with him about your sin, and he can be honest and direct with you uh, about his love for you to save you and wash you and cleanse you from all that sin, then this is the moment where you cry out to God through prayer. The scripture says that faith cometh by hearing hearing God's word. Well, you heard God's word today, and you've just heard the gospel message of the fact that Jesus Christ loves you. Now the question is, will you place your faith in him? If that's something you want to do today, I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads with me right where you are, uh, whether you're in your kitchen or your car or maybe in your living room. uh, Just pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my life to be my savior. I now know that you are the truth, and I place my faith in you. Please save me. Please cleanse me from my sins. Lord, I never want to have to tiptoe around the gospel truth of knowing whether you actually love me or not. So I'm receiving your love today. And I'm inviting you into my life in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer to receive Christ, text the word, fill me f-i-l-l-m-e it's two words but we put it together so you can text it fill me to ninety-seven thousand, and somebody will follow up with you to help you grow in your faith well we're not done yet we're going to keep going and we're going to keep listening and keep hearing from god's word i hope that you're enjoying this series the lord wants me to share this with you